0: have you ever wondered what exactly to do with that google business profile well that's exactly why i'm hosting a free masterclass next thursday november 16th at 1 p.m eastern on how to get more clients with your google business profile and focus on local seo and become a local seo superstar in this power packed workshop i'm going to pull back the curtains on the secrets to the google business profile optimization i'm going to show you how to craft the perfect business profile that attracts attention converts clicks into clients, and has you ruling the local search rankings. You're gonna find out how to use that untapped potential of your Google Business Profile listing, boost your visibility, and stand out. And with these tips, you're gonna leave the class with a new game plan, ready to make your practice the go-to choice in your area. So if you're ready to turn your Google Business Profile into a client magnet, go ahead and sign up and save your spot now. The link is in the show notes and it's event.meet.deckletdesigns.com backslash gbp-masterclass. I hope to see you there. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Dietitian Turned Designer. I'm excited because I have another Dietitian Turned Designer here with me, Whitney Bateson. Hi, Whitney. Hi, Courtney. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So tell us a little bit about you and your journey.
1: Yeah. So like yourself, I am a dietitian. I was working in school nutrition for 10 years before I decided to pivot just a little bit. I found that I was more drawn to technology and design and communications and marketing, but really passionate still about the field and helping all dietitians succeed. I founded my business to do that, to help dietitians show up online and get more clients and be seen as the experts that we are, but that sometimes our marketing doesn't do us justice. So I've been doing that since 2018 and we've helped over a hundred dietitians and businesses at this point, nutrition businesses with their websites and get them more clients and get them online. So that's been amazing to do. And I've also been doing it while traveling the world. So I travel full time as well. And I started the business first and then decided to start traveling soon after. So that was the sequence of events, but Still going strong.
0: Coming to you from Bali today. I was going to ask you, tell us where you are, but you're in Bali, which it's like 1130 yeah. there, right? At night and yes. here it's like 1030 in the morning. So yeah. we're in yeah. different time zones.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just make it work. You adjust.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's been your favorite place that you've traveled so far?
1: Honestly, Bali has been, yeah. it's really, I, so I traveled my fiance and I, and we've been to so many different continents and parts of the world in Europe and South America and different parts of Asia. And just Bali with the tropical feelings and all, like anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that I just freaking love geckos like so much. Geckos in my house, in my, on my ceiling, anywhere. I just, I love them. They can never be too many of them, too close, too big. Like they're all welcome. And so there's so many of them here and so I just love the casual vibe here, the warm weather and the sun. You get to go to beautiful places. The food is amazing. The people are awesome. And also, it's so close to Australia. So many Australians have come here over the years that there's so many things that feel like Western conveniences. They're actually Australian conveniences, but mm-hmm. it, it feels the yeah. same. You mm-hmm. can press an app to get delicious cookies delivered to you at nine o'clock at night. Not very much money, and they're really good, and it comes fast. So just, it's got a little bit of everything that you could want. Except yeah. for the time zone difference. <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's like having
1: awesome. an online business and having mm-hmm. systems working. We have a, a team that's all remote, and we're across all sorts of time zones. And so just gotten really efficient at the asynchronous communication and managing clients asynchronously and all of that. So
0: make it work with the little frog on the wind or your mirror the other day. And I was like, that's so yeah. Cute. I love like that.
1: <laughs> he was just watching me like brush my teeth and like, okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I'll let you be. Yeah.
0: You definitely so, take geckos and frogs over like the huntsman spider yeah. in Australia or anything like that. So oh. I'm like I'll I have trying to not be scared of spiders because I have a lot here actually, but they're not that big.
1: <laughs> oh no. Yeah. The other place that we really loved that we were actually for the entire pandemic, we were there for a year and a half was the island of Mauritius, which is in the Indian Ocean. So it's, you go Africa, Madagascar, Mauritius. So it's like very small. They have, they also have a lot of geckos. So I love that place, obviously. But they have gigantic spiders. And we had many encounters, one while I was about to start a video call with clients. And I looked down on the floor and that spider is on the floor. And I had to make a decision. Do you go on with the call or do you tell all these people, I'm sorry, I need to go kill a gigantic spider?
0: I'm laughing because it sounds like me. I, don't, I haven't had a giant spider in here, but we have spiders called Joros that showed oh. up here a few years ago and they're pretty big. And they were just constantly making webs over my door to my oh, office.
1: Oh, so we to, talked like, about
0: that last yeah. time when <laughs> we were chatting. Yeah. We have those and we have wolf spiders and they're more on the ground they don't make webs mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. giant yeah you have a bunch they're just like in your grass just hanging it <laughs> i just can't do it i can't do it yeah so
1: but geckos i welcome geckos like, yeah come hang out with me
0: <laughs> in theory they eat the spiders
1: i've never seen Bro. a gecko eat a spider oh okay. <laughs> wait yeah no they probably don't eat the spiders they eat the ants and the mosquitoes and all of that and then the spiders are also supposed to eat all the creepy crawly things and the mosquitoes but i'm like oh, i don't know that you're pulling your weight
0: <laughs> you like you're not
1: doing a good enough job
0: yeah if i would yeah. hear i would be eaten up by mosquitoes because they yeah. love me so I i've got my
1: racket people blind. watching can't see but i have my mosquito racket with me nearby I in case i get that's so funny yeah buzzed a little too much so yeah
0: i have my little swatters over there i've got like three of them and yeah yeah
1: just so in case all of our bugs yeah yep all right
0: coming back to website yeah um we had a couple of questions that we wanted to go through. So the first yeah. one we talked about was how can having a well-designed website help nutrition professionals in terms of attracting clients and getting more sales?
1: Yeah, obviously web designer to web designer. These are things that we both, so I'm not teaching you anything new, but I think one of the biggest things is just showing our expertise and then forming that connection with our customers. I think we underestimate how that instant connection and that feeling when someone lands on a website and it, it connects i used to read books that was like good design is design you can't see it's like mm-hmm. not obvious it's almost yeah. it just already hits you and i feel like a well-designed website you feel good you start interacting with you start reading you you become interested in the content that's what we want our customers to feel but a poorly designed website it just it's like there's this wall there that you're not going to be able to get through because it doesn't look good. The words feel very like mechanical or technical or scientific or generic, and our customers are just not getting that warm and fuzzy feeling, and they're not wanting to move forward. So they're leaving, they're going to your competitors, they're going in and finding other things. So I think that, and it's not just the prettiness of the website, right? Like, i a pretty website's great but i don't think and this is my feeling that we need to spend so much time on the aesthetics of getting it that perfect curated i think words and usability go a lot further than pretty pretty aesthetics yeah. aesthetics are great i get that we want something that represents us that is going to convey our personality to our customers and that we can feel really proud of. But I think if people are if dietitians out there are feeling a little intimidated or they're seeing these like gorgeous websites and they, ca- they can cost a lot of money to the more complicated you get in the design, the more money it can cost. And I feel that a website is so critical for every dietitian who wants to be running your business, whether it's online or virtual or in person, that... I think getting past that and recognizing that there is more to a strategic and functional website than just how it looks, but also the words that we have on it, the sales processes that we have in it, how we're talking about our services. What are we putting out there? How are we collecting email subscribers?
0: How are we generating traffic to it? Yeah. Next. Yes, no, agree with all of that. <laughs> you said so many good things. And I was thinking about the copywriting because I feel like it's such a balance between obviously the website looking aesthetic and nice and pulling people in mm-hmm. and having good copy, but then not having blocks of words, right. like just Jeez. giant blocks of words and I'm like literally yeah. just dividing them up into sentences a little bit and adding in italicines here and there or yes. something will yes. help. But then also not overdoing that. I've seen some websites like even recently where they have four or five different fonts and they'll use all five fonts in one paragraph. And my, right. my brain is hurting. <laughs> yeah. And
1: Still. it's those subtleties, right? And that's why it is good to have some kind of designer helping you, I think, with your website. It doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be this multi-million dollar project, right. but a good designer is going to know how to have a font hierarchy so that, mm-hmm. okay, we're using this font when we are an h1 header at the top of the page and we're only going to use that in certain places or we're going to use this font in these places and having that consistency you may not as a non-designer realize what you may not see it at all and may not think that it's important but those little things are what add to a brand feeling premium and mm-hmm. feeling consistent and easy to read and yeah, if you're using a bunch of fonts, there's nothing wrong with having like a few different typographies that you use for different things in your business, but you need to use them consistently and uh, intentionally and not too many. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I even saw an Instagram post this past week that was like, your fonts and how you use them consistently is way more important even than your logo. And I was like, yes, because people may see your logo once, but they're seeing your fonts and the way they use your fonts and everything. Yes. So if they're not consistent, they, they feel that even if they don't realize it, they're like, this feels a little off, doesn't feel quite professional. Yeah, so.
1: that is such a good point because yeah, they're interacting with your fonts, your typography throughout the page, throughout all of your content, mm-hmm. everywhere. But yeah. your logo, it's there. Here's a question for you. How do you yes. feel about if someone has one font in their logo that's like a stylized font and then mm-hmm. feeling that they need to use that on their website, mm-hmm. even if it's not very legible?
0: Oh, if it's not legible, then no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was yeah. thinking about it because I've had that happen where I've used yeah. a font in a logo, but then for whatever reason they didn't want to use that font on the website or they didn't want to pay for the license or so they wanted a free Google font or whatever right. it may be. But I'd find I try to find one that's like in the same family. But exactly what you just said, if it's something that if it's a font that I almost always edit the fonts in a logo right. to be custom to that logo. Right. I'm making it more legible. Yeah. Even though I'm using the base of that font. Mm-hmm. So to use that font on the site and not have it be edited because you can't i'm not going to go in yeah. and create a, like that would cost way more than anybody would want to pay <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no yeah. i would definitely not use it if it wasn't legible yeah no. yeah i think and it's a question
1: that comes up when we have our, our students in our website course and we work with them we give them logo templates and we have a, a great number of our students come through who had a logo it was maybe a logo that they got from someone that just gave them a quickie logo or they did it themselves and they have some templates from us they're getting some coaching and they're like their juices are flowing but then they're feeling like ah this one font that i'm using in this logo do i now need to also use it all across the site and i really am a firm believer in that it's okay to have a logo in uh, a font in your logo that it yeah. but i agree that it had should have if it's a serif then use a serif font somewhere on your website. In my opinion, preferably in your headlines. I don't love a serif for a body font, but- Yeah, I don't either. It's yeah. to each their own, it can look good. I've definitely been on some sites where I'm like, oh, I nice. like what they did there. So possible, but yeah, I think permission to use fonts the way you want, because it's such a good point. You can write great copy, but if it's not laid out on the site, in an appropriate way and you are feeling like you're shoehorning your fonts into the the site because oh i use them in my logo no it's okay you can break the rules yeah. a little bit every so often exactly do
0: you every have every fonts time. that you feel like look dated like you can see them and think oh this font feels like 2005 which that's way too long ago probably at this point right 15. I know, I know. Time has gone way too fast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely some fonts and just general aesthetic, like design styles that I'm seeing like, okay, it's time to change. And mm-hmm. we're actually in Q1 going to finally redo our own website because it has been too long. But I think it's also validating that I made. The co- made sure the copy was good it made sure that there was lead generation on it they're putting out blogs yeah it's is it the fanciest website no but it's been working and generating thousands yeah. of dollars for the business so i think right. it's a testament that simple can be good but it also yeah. is it's no longer representing me and where i i feel the brand is and so there are fonts on it that i don't like anymore and feel that they're dated and just different stylistic choices that at the time maybe felt like a little cool. And now it's, mm-hmm. no, not so much. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely
0: have some fonts. That I'm like, oh yeah,
1: those, that
0: I remember the, yeah. that year. I think like 2020, 2021, when everybody was being more online, there was one in Canva that everybody was using. And I still see it sometimes. It's called Brittany. Okay. And if I see that font... <laughs> And you're like, oh, Brittany, I'm like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> stop using it. Find yeah. another of font because uh, it's not unique anymore. Yeah. And then, two, I think people see, and people being loosely, because I don't know if dietitians are necessarily paying attention to fonts. <laughs> but other businesses, um, there's a few on Instagram that they, I don't know if it's intentional or what, but they look so much like another brand. Uh, that it's not doing them any favors mm-hmm. because I see it and I think, that looks so much like X brand, but doesn't sound like them. And then I look at it and I'm like, it's not them. And I'm like, why would you pick the exact same font, hierarchy right. and color scheme almost yeah. as another? Don't do that. And that's hey. exactly
1: what a brand, like for all of us to just, that's such a perfect case in point of how powerful a brand can be. That you're like this sounds like x brand yep. just by how it looks you're like i feel like that's x brand oh it turns out it's y brand that yeah. but it's because they've established such a strong brand identity visual identity that you are equating that brand with that visual identity and even if we're a small business there's yeah we're not the nikes of the world in like, we don't have to worry about that. But for your customers, you do want to establish this brand identity, this visual identity, which is how it looks, the logo, the font, the colors, and then also just your brand positioning, like your values, the way you speak, what kinds type, of topics you talk about. So that when people do see your stuff popping up in different spots, they're like, oh, that's Anne. I know Anne and the different stuff that she works on. Because also it's all about like repetition and yeah. seeing people seeing, we want people to see the same colors showing up in one spot and another spot. And I think that's the other thing too, that it's just like such a simple tweak that people don't do is being consistent with their brand, uh, like style guide. And mm-hmm. What are your colors and your fonts? Use the same yeah. ones because it can be so tempting in Canva. They have so many so wonderful templates. They look good. They've got fonts that you've never used before. And they've got colors. Uh-huh. I've fallen into the trap. I've done it occasionally yeah. for like a we're hiring post or something like that where I'm yeah. like, you know what? I don't care. But yeah. don't use the font. Don't use the colors. Change it, the template to your brand I colors know. and your brand
0: font. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> or even like I... So like with my clients, when I give them colors, I do this, I think they look like planets in a way because they're circles. And I'm like, this big circle is your main neutral background. Huh. Like these two circles that are smaller on this circle are the accents to that one. And then yeah. here's another little secondary option of a neutral background with one other accent color that goes with that. Yeah. So it kind of, and then I give examples of like, you would use this here on the website. You would use this here so yes. that is consistency in where those colors are like all your buttons should right. have like a primary and secondary type of button color mm-hmm. and style so that you don't have a square button and a round button and an orange button and a blue button and a yellow button like right The eye is not going to know which one's a button because they're all different right. and i don't know what's happening
1: yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and I, I tell our our students too I'm like okay it's good to have a few varieties of your brand colors. Like I think having, I think two, sometimes three main colors is good just as you're doing social media stuff. It can sometimes feel a little drab if you're like only playing with two colors, but then yeah. you don't want to have all the full color. Like my colors are a blue, a pink, and a yellow. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want my most saturated blue to be a section on my website and then my most saturated pink and then my most yes. saturated yellow like then it looks like clown school like it yeah. is not good so right. yeah it's the proper and subtle use of the colors and then the consistent use and yeah I completely agree and people yeah we also want there was actually a couple of years ago I remember being at a fancy session and they had studied websites and one of the things was prototypicality i think was the term that they used it's basically don't try and do something cute on your website do the thing that everyone else does because that's what people like you have the logo in the upper left corner and when you click on it it goes to the home page yes i've seen menus sometimes they're cool but sometimes mm-hmm. they're really annoying where they like slide out from somewhere or they're like yes. angled somewhere and you're they're hiding or yeah, going and saying I'm gonna have buttons that are all different colors across my <laughs> website because I don't see anyone else doing that. If there's a reason. <laughs> I don't see anyone else doing it. Don't do it yourself.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's like the basic principles of like user experience, and I tell people that too. I'm like, you know, if you just and I'm sorry if this is hurting anyone's feelings, but if you just have the hamburger menu on the right hand side and there's nothing across the top, if you have anybody that's over a certain age, they're not gonna know where your menu is. Yeah. Um, they And and also, like, depending on the age of your target audience, I know, like, me and Morgan have talked about this, like, whether you have the word home in your menu and how much we don't oh, like yes. that. Yeah. But if you have older adults, they're, they right. don't they always don't know. know that the logo is the home button. So yeah. you have to have that home button because then you yep. know where to click. So it's yep. kind of a mixture of knowing your audience, but then also following, like, basic principles of, yeah. of design and user experience. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think... I think there's, and you can, if you've seen this too, I feel like there's a little bit of the templates out there sometimes, the so web designs and all of that, that they're, they look beautiful, but they almost seem to be more for photographers yes. or these creatives. And so they're really cool looking. And then business owners that are service providers, serving people, just typical people, start using those because they're really great looking but they're not for a service based business that is just selling something that people need to read about and they need to click around the site and navigate and also too that just puts a lot of
0: pressure on you to find like really great imagery that's exactly what I was just thinking it was giving me anxiety just sitting here thinking about how I would have to spend so much time finding the perfect images to put in all those image spots
1: yes yeah, it's hard enough finding like a hero image to go yeah. across the home that's like good resolution, the right layout, all right. of that. But yeah, there's just some page website designs
0: out there that it's like, oh man, you're setting yourself up for a world of hurt. Uh. Like a little collage of like four or five images in one spot. And it's like, all I can think is I got to find four perfect images to put in that collage and I'm going to cry
1: that are on brand time.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's tough so yeah. think about that when you're looking at templates yes how much time do you have to look at stock photos and that's a whole nother that could be a whole nother episode is finding stock photos because yeah oh it stresses me out because i'm literally looking for their brand style of the image the the Feeling which I feel like you can't describe, like just the atmosphere right. of the image. Yeah, and then most of my people really want like diverse diversity, obviously, like included in there and diversity in yeah. body sizes. And then it's got, yeah. like I said, the brand colors of their clothes in the picture. I, I have used AI like to change the colors of clothes in pictures. Oh, that's like nice. go with their brand. Like I have yeah. one going live this week that's like monochrome blue shades for the branding. Uh-huh. And there was a picture I liked, and the sweater was like orange. <laughs> I was like, I can fix this. <laughs> so I like what made it. What did you
1: use? Yeah. Canva,
0: Canva did it. Oh my God.
1: God. Yeah, you Canva can do Photoshop too, out. but like, yeah. don't, don't make it harder on yourself. I used to really hate Canva. I still hate aspects of it because there yes. are certain typography things you cannot yeah. It's just like one or the other. Okay, fine. We're just going to go with the spacing. But. Yes. It has made some things so much easier. But I do think like it's one of those powerful tools that, uh, you know, you got to use it wisely. But it's a blessing because, yeah, uh, Adobe, Photoshop and Illustrator, those are not easy programs to learn.
0: I, I know I was up. working on a logo this week in Illustrator and I was like, you know, the things that come so easily to me now because I've done it for so long. And I have to remind myself, like, people don't do this all the time. They don't know how to do. You this. have to remember like, the keystrokes. Yes. Uh, I was just sitting here. I have two. I don't. I'm always like mice, mouses. I have two, because uh-huh. I have like my regular mouse, which probably looks dirty, but it's just my little ergonomic mouse. Uh-huh. And then I have, I can't pick it up because it's plugged in, but I have a trackpad. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't realize I was doing it, but when I had my exterior monitors and my MacBook connected, I was using the trackpad on my MacBook to like zoom in and move around the screen, and then click with my mouse. Oh, so i like doing both. Wow. That's so, impressive. If you want a little trick on how to save some time and zoom in and out and then click, that's my, my well, tip yeah. of the day. Wow. <laughs> you should absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And now I, if my trackpad ever dies during like, I use it during like whiteboard sessions for branding strategy too. So uh-huh. I'm zooming in and out. And if it's ever like dead or whatever, I'm like, yeah. this is torture. How do people yeah. not use this?
1: And, it, and I, I, before doing like the design stuff, I was PC all the way working at yeah. a job and all of that. And I was like, how do people use trackpads? What is this? I hated <laughs> it on a PC. Yeah. I was totally like traditional mouth. And then I got my Mac and I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Yeah. And now, yeah, my travel setup is I have a travel keyboard, <laughs> I have a travel trackpad, and then I've got my laptop on a stand. And I finally broke down and did get a second monitor. Like, I'm all about the minimal stuff and mm-hmm. like every ounce, like I literally, like I was buying something and I was weighing, I was literally holding two pens in my hand because that was the equivalent weight of the thing I was buying. And I was trying to confirm like how much, how valuable is it for this other thing if it feels this much heavier like every ounce matters in, in travel
0: well, i was gonna say you're traveling so like that makes total sense yeah. and i'm like i'm just going in my backyard to my shed office so yeah
1: <laughs> add on all, all the much. tech you want but yeah having the second monitor like does save my sanity because i worked just from the laptop screen for a couple of years oh. and during the pandemic my computer broke and i worked from a, an ipad out of torture. stubbornness, because I didn't want to pay $700 extra for a, a, a MacBook to be imported into Mauritius. Yeah. But because it was the height of the pandemic and all that. But yeah, working from an iPad, on the one hand, I was really impressed. With, that just proved I can run my business from an iPad. I was mm-hmm. not efficient during, no. during those two months. Not at all. That so.
0: sounds like torture. I don't know why, yeah. but like, I cannot stand doing, like when people tell me they have an iPad and not a computer, I'm like, I do not understand you.
1: Yeah. I think that it also was- depends on the type of work. Like, luckily I, by that point, I had my designer and project uh-huh. manager and my developers doing stuff. I was like, okay, I'm not touching. If you need me to like QA a site on a desktop and look at the code that's not going to happen but i can qa the site on an ipad and the yeah. iphone i can check mobile <laughs> responsiveness until the day is long perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so, so you just yeah you my, i
0: always joke that i know we talked about before that i my my obsession with tech but my obsession with tech is software i mean I do like the things around me <laughs> but uh-huh. my husband does all the external stuff like the uh-huh. screen the the monitors and like setting up all of my stuff that i have yeah. i don't want to touch that because my brain is like i don't know yeah. how to do that but software code yeah stuff, i do that all day but yeah.
1: yeah yeah to an extent for me probably i like i'm also rusty on the code stuff but yeah my fiance does it he's like Mm-hmm. network engineering and all of that and so he's responsible for ensuring that we have a mesh network wherever we go so uh-huh. you know because some of these places that we live in the wi-fi signal does not reach to the place that is most ideal for working from traveler tip bring a mesh network which is basically just two wi-fi hotspots, like an yeah. extender that just mm-hmm. makes your wi-fi router
0: more powerful and we I tried that. Like, like I yeah. said, I mean, not to go on a tangent, but since my office is in my backyard as a shift. Yeah. Um, we tried so many different like extenders and like mesh router things. But like, uh, and this was even before I opened my design studio. It was when I was doing like virtual nutrition counseling only. Yeah. the connection just wasn't the best. And it was really stressing me out. It wasn't terrible, but like, it's just embarrassing if it's not perfect. Right. Um, and so we actually ended up we have two totally different internets for this in my house. So we had AT&T <laughs> come out and like do a hard line, like in the ground. Um, like oh I'm plugged God. in to the internet, not even like Wi-Fi. Like I'm plugged in. I, I have yeah. Wi-Fi, but I'm plugged in just to make it secure and stable. Yeah. And then we have like charter internet in the house, oh which is God. funny because when we first moved into this house 10 years ago, there was no internet in this neighborhood. None. You couldn't get oh. it. It was not an option Oh my gosh. All. And they didn't tell us that until after we moved in and we were like no internet like yeah, what do you mean what do i what do what i do years ago yeah that's not yeah. even like that and like the crazy thing was like the houses up above us um, had internet but it didn't come down to us oh so my god so i used a hotspot on my phone for like three years before we got internet yeah oh my gosh i would have gone insane. luckily like i wasn't it was pre-pandemic so it was online but not anywhere near like i am now but yeah, I, I was in school. So like I had, okay. email, like, you know, submit okay. assignments stuff. And stuff. So yeah. yeah, I was in grad school. so. Um, but yeah, not God. fun to not have like regular internet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the worst. So, so for any clinicians that don't have a website or don't think they need one, you know, either they get a lot of referrals or just local networking, what do you think are some reasons they should consider having either a website or a better website?
1: Yeah. I hear it a lot and I've heard it like in the Facebook groups so the question comes up. People are asking, "Should I have a website?" and a lot of people saying, "Oh, I just rely on referrals and it's all it's all fine." And referrals are awesome like they help me build my business. They continue to be a wonderful thing. But referrals, it's like putting the fate of your business in someone else's hands because you don't know if that doctor that's referring to you is suddenly gonna go on vacation or sabbatical for a year and then they're not gonna send you any more patients or those referrals are just going to dry up or whatever the case may be, or the local networking, like it's just, it's inconsistent. So I think having your own platform and your own way of building your audience and driving leads is going to just assure the consistency and longevity of your business. And so one of the things that I'm really like hinting at here is building your email list. And you can do that from your website. So a lot of the people that come to your website are going to maybe love a lot of things you say, but they're not going to be ready to move forward with you yet. So they need something else that they can sink their teeth into. And that's where having a lead magnet, some kind of download or quiz or assessment, that people will give you their email and then they'll get that and they'll be happy and then you can keep nurturing them. And so you just keep month after month building this pool of people who have told you, hey, I'm, I'm somewhat interested. I don't know enough about you yet, but I'd like to know more. So you keep nurturing those people and hey, those referrals can keep coming in. That's amazing. But then you're also building this pool, this lead pool, this pipeline of people that also will be ready to work with you. Yeah. So that's one thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Actually, I don't know why I never, you put it in words that made sense for my brain a little better. The fact that if that doctor left tomorrow, you wouldn't have any referrals. Like that's such an obvious and good point that I haven't put together yet. That just been like, you don't want to rely on that, but you just said it in such a better way. That is so obvious. <laughs> but- I faced it in my own business.
1: I do affiliates for my course launches and they're wonderful, but if I was relying, and sometimes they've been, it's just been fa- fantastic. My, all of my affiliates have said, yes, I'm, I have time in my calendar to promote your course. That's great. And we get all these people coming in from it and that's wonderful. But then other times I go to them and they say, ah, oh, I'm also running a launch at this time or, oh, I have something going on. So it's, it just... I've lived it and I, I feel it. And so I know you cannot rely on that. It's wonderful when it happens, but it can't be the thing that you are building your business on because otherwise you're never going to know how much income you're going to be making and you're just not really taking it in your own hands.
0: So. Yeah, and I think that's probably, I imagine and what I've experienced myself and what I've heard from other people is that they get overwhelmed with the fact that essentially you do have to kind of do all of these things. Like yes. you really oh, need yes. the referrals, you need the SEO, you need the website, like you need the whole thing. And I always, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I always come back to branding and branding <laughs> strategy. But I'm like, if you don't have that foundation of understanding your customer journey and then you, not just marketing, but like making people aware of you and your brand awareness, yeah, yeah. then it's just not good for longevity. Because again, like you right. said, if you put all of your stuff in one basket, then that basket goes away. Now what? So right. that's such
1: a good point. Yeah. You've built a reputation in that doctor's office. Great. But that's just that, that office. And mm. I think, yeah, I like your approach of the brand, the website too, is just like the center, the foundation. If you think about it, these concentric circles of, you just keep adding new things. So you add social media you add the email marketing is like a thing that you start working on you add doing some speaking and appearances in the community or virtually and getting people on your email list that way these are not things that you have to do all day one it can feel super overwhelming you're not going to do all of them at the beginning none of us do that's why yeah. we're all learning and we all get better over time but that's why having that website at the center of it is so critical because as you build onto your marketing and your awareness and your audience, you want to be sending people to a place that actually is going to convert people either into email subscribers or into clients, of course. And yeah. so if you don't have the right copy, if you don't have the branding, if you don't have an easy way for people to move forward with you with a good. Schedule or sales process, whatever it is for them to take some kind of action that ha- is not just a contact form. It's an <laughs> actual action.
0: I think we have feelings
1: about contact
0: form. Do you want to share In, those? Just a little myth.
1: I think everyone still needs a contact form, a mm-hmm. contact page, because I think that does build trust so that someone who does want to just reach out to you, there's not this barrier of you have to book a call on my calendar. What if mm-hmm. I have a legit question? like the end yeah. of the day, we are here to help people. I know sometimes we can be like, oh, I don't want to have to respond to a bunch of emails. You're probably not <laughs> yeah. going to get a bunch of emails. You can right. always adjust and see how things go, but I wouldn't worry about that. And so having the contact form is great as a contact form. It's just for people to contact you and ask a question that hasn't already been answered or addressed on your website. So you should have FAQs on your website. You should have a really great description of your services. You should tell people about what your sales process is so that they understand what the next steps are and then give them a way to move forward, to book a call, submit an application, whatever the case may be. But those things are customized to them moving forward in the journey of becoming a customer. They're asking questions about their goals and their struggles and any other, depending on what kind of business you're running, if you are asking a little bit about their prior health history or what insurance they had, whatever it is, not too many questions, but just enough mm-hmm. to prepare you for the sales conversation. But that way, people are knowing that you're actually taking interest and you're, you're putting some questions together to learn more about them. And it's this instant feedback, hopefully, if you're doing a scheduler, that they're booking the call on their calendar. They're getting some kind of email confirmation. Whereas a contact form to me, especially the generic ones that are literally like "type your message here," oh my god, I hate those so much. And like, like what am I supposed to, to say? <laughs> what do you want me
0: to say? And your hope, my whole life story.
1: <laughs> I was, and I run into this as I'm searching for business services online. So I was trying to schedule a picnic uh, a couple oh. months ago. I didn't end up doing it, but I was. We were going to get someone to put together a nice picnic for us mm-hmm. and so i found a bunch of was googling just searching on google finding the businesses some of their websites were a little janky and i was like and then their prices were listed. and i was like i not really feel that they should be charging this price like i'm just not really sure so all the things that i teach that we talk about it's so there and the ones who had the great branding that made me feel like okay they care about their brand they know what they're doing this is a legit business that hasn't what i found out is that some of the businesses had just been put up during the pandemic because that's when i uh-huh. think the picnic picnics really blew up and then the sites were just left up but no one's minding the store and so i'm okay. submitting these contact forms to nothing and nothing no response i have no idea and so when I had people responding to me right away and allowing me to do some kind of action, those are the people that got my business that got further along. And it's the same thing for any clients that are wanting to hire a dietitian. If you don't have some kind of instant feedback to people, they're going to move on because they're trying to get an answer. They took the time to put some information in your contact form and then... And... Because we don't know as the customer sitting back whether you are actually an active business responding right. to your contact forms or not, I always take a second before I submit a contact form because I'm like, I don't know if this is worth it. This other one allows me to book. <laughs> I just, I've encountered too many websites that are just dead on the internet and no one's taken them down. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm not even going to bother with the site. It says like the copyright in no. the footer is like 20 to- 2013. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't think anyone's home anymore. I'm not yeah. going to waste my time. And I see that. And I see those are sometimes those are active practitioner websites.
0: Because
1: they are actually expecting to get business from that site. But it doesn't look like they are.
0: No, <laughs> it looks like they forgot about it. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. funny. I'm looking at my screenshots because I actually took a screenshot, not a not a dietitian or anything like that. It was something totally different business. But I was like, wow, this is a perfect example of like a seriously, they forgot about this website back in the 90s. <laughs> um, I can't remember what the business was, but I was literally looking for something that I actually needed. And uh-huh. it came up and I was like, okay, I'll click on this one. And then it, it was crazy. I was like this, I've not seen a website like this in a long, long time. But it's stuff yeah. like that, like even like you said, though, from 2020, like me and Jennifer McGurk talk about this when I'm doing stuff. I'm, I am update her site like every month on some some of the pages. Mm-hmm. And um, we just laugh about how like things from 2020 look dated. But that's kind of what we tell like branding people too. Like, you need to like kind either of do some little refresh every you know, two to three years, especially your website, yeah. because mm-hmm. things change so mm-hmm. quickly. And yep. they're subtle, like we said, but people notice you've, if you look right. fresh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's where
1: in my program, the dietitian website system, we give templates and then we teach our students like how to make edits. And I'm sure you teach mm-hmm. your clients after the fact, like, Hey, if you want to make some of these updates, granted not a, a whole overhaul, but those right. basic edits, but there's so many people that I encounter who have had these horror stories of they got a website from someone. And then it's like, they're just handcuffed to that website and they can't make they don't know how to make edits they forget how to make edits they have to contact that person every time and your business is evolving and mm-hmm. the slight designs and, and things like that are evolving too you get a new headshot that you want to put on your site mm-hmm. or yeah.
0: you have a new service and that you literally just well, to type in a different number
1: right <laughs> exactly yeah. and then and it's this chain reaction. So going back to this question of like, why should people have a website or why should they have a better website? I've heard people say they don't pursue speaking opportunities or new business opportunities because their website is mm-hmm. not up to date and it's holding them back. So yeah. it becomes this snowball effect of if you don't have this thing in place, not only is it just hurting you from people that are searching on the internet for your services, that you don't even know that they found your site and that they looked and that they left because mm-hmm. they're not going to tell you that. So <laughs> there's these people that are leaving and then the referrals that you're doing, these clients that are coming from doctors, if they're still getting your website, they're still looking at the website and they're still making a decision. It's possible that if your website's not good, that 10 referrals that you're getting could be 20. It could be mm-hmm. more. If you were to have that update. And then also it's holding you back from putting yourself out there. And you may not even recognize that you're not pushing yourself and seeing yourself as, hey, this growing business owner. So I just think I think a website has so much it's it's the soul of the business in a sense, when it it's how you show up online and
0: everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like most of us don't have like a brick and mortar place. So if you think about right. like you wouldn't walk somebody to walk into your brick and mortar store and it look dirty or old or dusty or chaotic. Mm-hmm. And like, people are just going to turn around and leave because they're like, what even is this place?
1: And you would never yeah. dream of having a store out there in the world, forget about the Internet and sell things, but then not actually have a store or yeah. tell people like, go down the street. I'll be <laughs> in front we of
0: the... <laughs> I'll be, I mean, these things <laughs> out. Yeah. I'll be
1: talking about things on someone else's corner, which is what we're doing on Instagram I don't know, is we are on someone else's platform yep. sharing things and that's all well and good, but yep. we need to send people somewhere that then they come to our home and they continue to be part of our community. And, but yeah, we would never dream of trying to open a business and not have a store to right. Exactly. Sell the Things,
0: yeah. Like, whenever clients always ask, like, should I do social media or should I do email marketing? I'm always like, email marketing, my... or I don't know if at some point email marketing will become like text marketing. I really don't know because I know like the younger generation, like my nieces who are in college, uh-huh. they're not really big into their emails. And this could be a whole nother conversation. There's so many conversations off of this yeah. discussion that we've yeah. had, yeah, but like tech in general. They are not, I feel like millennials had, we had to learn like the basics of like how to do all, I mean, we we're coding our MySpace, right? Like, yeah, right. We were doing all the things and learning all the things. And they mostly had like touch screens that just like do things for them. Yeah. And that's okay. But it, like, it just means that things are going to evolve at some point. And I'm just, I'm always like, where is that going to go? Um, but right now, like email marketing, I always tell them, say you got 200 people on your email list you know that those at least half are going to open that, if not hopefully more. And yeah. that's 100 people versus if you share on Instagram a post and like 20 people see it and right. they're probably not even your followers. <laughs> Eight. Right. It's not going to do anything. Yeah.
1: And so. there's no way that you can convey enough information and get people's attention enough to get them to actually do anything. I know when I go on Instagram, I immediately forget what I was planning to open Instagram to do first off. And it's just a chaotic, loud space. And it's... everybody yelling at each did. other. Exactly. Social media is still necessary. I use it to grow my email list, which I think yeah. is the advice that most people have out there is, it's good to have a following, but what you're trying to do is convert people to your email list by promoting your lead magnet or promoting a free workshop or whatever the case may be. You're not promoting all the time. You're putting right. value out there and all of that. But... The goal is to actually get those followers onto your email list so you can properly nurture them and talk to them in a quiet, calm environment in their
0: inbox. Where everyone's not screaming at each other. <laughs> screaming yeah. into the void. <laughs> um, there was yeah. one other thing I wanted to mention. I was like, I should do an episode on like red flags for designers, like what to look for. Because I you mentioned the people that like don't know how to do their website because their website's being held hostage. And yeah. I've had clients that, like, and this is recent. I had a client that is a really big business locally, and we were setting up their local SEO because I offer that, like, the quarterly package for their Google business profile. Mm-hmm. And they did not have access to any of their analytics because the person they had before ghosted them and that oh. business just. Them. And so we don't have any of that data. We had to start all Oracle. over. Oh, no. So yeah. no. that's. Yeah. A lesson to always make sure you have admin access to your website, your Google Analytics and Search Console, and anything else that is tech yeah. related, but especially yeah. your website.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Your domain, your hosting. Yeah. Yes. Or
0: someone I, that,
1: yeah, that you trust. I don't know. I'm
0: sure you guys do the same, but like I add them as admin on their website. They're in the hosting. Like They have, even if they're on a care plan, they have full control to do whatever they need to do. As mm-hmm. long as you know, I'm like, don't break it, please. <laughs> but we, you can do Yeah,
1: we, we do not go that far with the hosting access, but we are mm-hmm. literally like an email away, and we we have over we have a hundred websites that we're managing for. Right, we're not gonna ghost anyone, and yeah, I wouldn't think you would. Then, I was just yeah. like, wow. Yeah, no, it, but it's. it's I think it's important. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and anyone that is just, like, gate gatekeeping a website from someone and saying you have to email me anytime you want to make an update. Now, granted, there are some things that are just faster and easier for a designer or developer to do. If you're like, can you just tell me how to make this page do this thing? And it's like, I can't. I just need yeah. to do it for you. <laughs> so
0: I... there are those moments, but... I know I always tell them I'm like if you need to like change a picture change a number, a letter, and I use yeah. Breakdance now and it actually has a setting that only allows them to change that. Like, they can't uh, change the layout, they can't change like margins or anything like that. It's just you can change this image that is already here, you can change the words that are already here, and that's usually the access I give them on a care plan. Mm-hmm. Because again, if they want to change their pricing like shouldn't if they don't want to ask me to do it, then I want them to have the option. Um, I'm also happy to do it, um, but yeah, like the businesses. I don't know how you feel about this, but I see them sometimes. Like I saw one the other day. It was in somebody's website footer, and I'm always nosy. And I'm like, who made this website? <laughs> so yeah. I like to see who made it, and it was some marketing firm, and it was like budget website. So I was like, oh, okay, was <laughs> like, Let's budget to them. You know? And it was not budget website to me. It mm-hmm. was like two or three thousand dollars up front and then it was like you had a choice between like 300 or 500 a month moving forward forever and i was like how you guys are scamming people yeah <laughs> yeah they really so are if you're listening and you're paying that you should question that yeah that's too Not much paying five hundred dollars forever a month for your website unless you Not, have some ginormous yeah like e-commerce site that has a ton of things I don't know. Right,
1: and you're making edits constantly to yeah. the site. If you're making constant edits, then I think it is good to have a care plan because mm-hmm. you are changing layouts, you're changing different things and but I don't mean like just blogging. If you're just adding blogs to your site that's I mean, fine. Like, but if you're... fresh
0: designed pages. Like I yeah. do, do that for Jennifer like that right. is I'm on retainer to do those things. Right. But I think this was just like, it got like 30 minutes of edits a month or something. And it mm-hmm. wasn't like full yeah, design work. And I'm like, yeah. wow. So it's almost like you're leasing a website. It's kind of how I saw it. It's like, it's not really yours. You're leasing it. And that is just as bad as like using Wix or any of those right. other sites where you don't own your site.
1: Yeah, that's the like kicker about those platforms is you have to keep paying Wix and you can't export your content anywhere else. So you're going to mm-hmm. be copying and pasting that stuff somewhere. Whereas WordPress, yeah, you can export all of it. You can change it to a different theme. Yeah, it might look a little wonky, but you'll fix it up and all of that. And yeah, yeah. with our hosting and maintenance, we're if anyone ever wants to come off of it, we'll transfer the site. No problem. Put it all. We'll switch it over to you no problem because it's their site it's yeah. it's their site they spent they already paid us to help them make it so right I'm not going own it it's yours yeah, yeah. exactly yeah I, no
0: need. we're not gonna keep it forever <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but the reason and this is sometimes and probably like the last thing i just maintenance and care plans for wordpress sites like i think sometimes there's this like balking of the price of that and why should I have to be paying that because you can see that Squarespace charges less or Wix charges less mm-hmm. or whatever, but there are more moving parts to a WordPress site, and yes. frankly, and I'm sure you feel the same way, I want your site to stay healthy and not have mm-hmm. and not have it break and not have security issues which are like a hacked I've been through a hacked website like it is stressful as the easiest thing is to just restore from a backup and then you're yeah. good to go move along <laughs> yeah yeah don't worry about it just yeah just, just forget it never happened and m- yeah make yeah. sure your all your firewalls are good and all that but change some passwords yeah. but but it's we're doing this because we i know that people don't do their software update that they should mm-hmm. on wordpress they don't make sure that they have working backups and so it's i just it pains me to see someone have a site that they spent time on and then yes. it gets outdated and uh, on, in terms of software not even mm-hmm. like the content just the back right. back end of it mm-hmm. and then it's really hard sometimes to bring it up to date because if it's super old like mm-hmm. you make one update it breaks everything else and then you have to do a stepwise and it costs more to go piece by piece we're offering these plans because we care about your site. I want to help you, and it does cost us money to do these things.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point because yeah. I, I think we talked about this before, um, but like it's hosting and maintenance. Because I think sometimes yeah. people are like, "Oh, well, you know, use Flywheel for hosting." They're like, "I can do the tiny plan for twenty five dollars, so why would I pay you X amount for a care plan?" I'm like, uh-huh. because I am paying that too. I'm not getting right. necessarily a discount for your yeah. hosting. So I'm paying, you're paying for your hosting through me, but I'm also taking care of it. So you're taking, you're paying for my time. Right. I'm going right. in and like you know, making sure that these plugins didn't break your site. And if they did break your site, I'm restoring it from a backup. Like there's so many things that you never know that I'm doing because yeah. all you, do is the website working and that's right. how I want it. <laughs> but just right. know, like, you're not just throwing your money away. Um, I, I It's my time and also my the software expertise and the, and the yeah exactly the plugins that I've put on your site that I'm paying for too right so yeah yeah, it's more than so just
1: yeah it's more than just hosting it's, it's really mm-hmm. keeping it and we do the hosting for people and so we can also answer any hosting related questions that come up and yeah. we're also looking at the resources being used on the sites and mm-hmm. making adjustments and things and like speed that and so. the
0: performance yeah. and the optimization yeah. of yeah
1: yeah, so Definitely. you don't need to be worrying about those things. So we want to make it easier for you. That's the goal. Yes,
0: yes, that is the goal. We have enough to worry about
1: as business owners.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Was there anything else that you feel like we should let listeners know when it comes to websites? Or I know we've talked a little bit about email marketing and we touched on social media. If there was like three things you wanted them to take away from today, what would that be? Okay, first off, you may not
1: realize the power of a website for your business if you don't have one or your current one was like DIY with not much strategy behind it. But truly, a, a well-positioned website can make a lot of difference. It's just that possibility that you're not seeing it. So we've seen it both in our clients that once they put that better website out there, they had more clients coming in. They had more traffic coming in, more calls getting booked. People saying that their sales calls were going better because people come on the call saying, I feel like I already know you. Like they're already bought into you. So it makes every aspect of your business easier. It's just sometimes hard to see that because you're not seeing it right now. But that's one thing. I'd also say that it's, the branding on your website but definitely that copy and making sure that you have just great words that are the words your customers are using so if there's nothing else that you work with a designer on or a copywriter or take away is make sure that, that wording is good and that it's you brought up a really great point about the sections of it it's not just a long paragraph no one's going to read that not so going to read it need to be the right mix and both of us help help our clients with figuring that out and then the final thing i would say the email marketing if you're going to invest your time which we all especially when we're start getting started or trying to build some momentum we have limited time rather than mm-hmm. spending an hour every day posting on social i would invest that time into creating a great lead magnet and mm-hmm. then maybe getting a blog post out once a month that's been optimized, that has that lead magnet embedded within it, and then trying to get that lead magnet in in as, in as front of as many people as possible. So that's networking and going into Facebook groups and posting on social occasionally, but not burning yourself out. And then also realizing the reason I'm posting on social is to try and build my audience and get more people onto my email list. So at least mm-hmm. you have a strategy and then getting, of course, having that lead magnet on your website. Um, so as your email, as your website's being shared around, you're getting it that way. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think those awesome. are my, my three things. Those are three awesome things. So awesome. tell us about any upcoming events you have and how people can work with you. Thank you. I mentioned it a few times,
1: but our course that, is the way that i work with dietitians and nutrition business owners these days it's called the dietitian website system it's a six-week live course where my team and i do a lot of the tech for you but then you focus on through watching modules how to write that copy what's your strategy for your site based on advice i give you in terms of attending on your services how you want people to flow through your site helping with the branding. We talk about email marketing. We talk about all the stuff that we just talked about today. <laughs> yeah. Do all of that. You get coaching calls and a community forum to answer questions. And then we get your website put together and launched in, in six weeks. So um, it's a great way to really jumpstart or revise a website that you had built a long time ago. Maybe it's not good anymore. So we'll be opening enrollment in our, we'll do our next cohort in January. We will be opening enrollment on Black Friday. So we'll be doing a Black Friday sale for a, a big discount. We'll be doing $1,000 off of the course. Oh, wow. So it's going yeah. to be big. So anyone who's interested, go to WhitneyBateson.com slash DWS for Dietitian Website System. Mm-hmm. You can learn more about the course there. You can click to get on the wait list. That way you'll be notified of the Black Friday sale and you'll get some emails in advance to learn more about it and what it includes. And then the other thing that I have coming up right immediately is a workshop all about how to position your services, package your services and your pricing so that they sell better. And because we really, before we move into a website, we need to have our services in order. And I know that can be a sticking point for a lot of people, whether you're getting started or you have current business, but your services are just like not really selling. And so you're like, why am I going to go work on a website when, you know, things are not working already? I'm going to lead people through some hands-on exercises to really get that mapped out. So that is happening on November 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern. So you can go to, it's called the Planning Your Path to a 100K Plus Nutrition Business. So the URL, will have it in the show notes, but it's whitneybateson.com slash path to T-O 100, just number 100K. <laughs> ah, better, Better yeah. in writing. Than words, but links
0: are hard to say.
1: <laughs> you'll figure it out. And if anyone yeah. wants to connect with me on Instagram, I'm at Winnie Bateson. I share advice and also all my travel and geckos. stories and geckos. So many geckos. Although I'll be in Japan. I'm going to Japan actually tomorrow night. Oh, so there's no, I don't think there's going to be geckos in no Japan. No geckos. No, no. lots of sushi. Of kind of,
0: yeah, I was like, I can't think of what Japan has. I never bugs um, report back what bugs and animals you find
1: <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully it'll be like for the best and not just like yeah.
0: random gross things maybe it'll so. be some some cute little bug you find okay that's we're gonna manifest that yeah so go and that's on your workshop is on tuesday right yes tuesday and then so go to hers and figure out your services and then on thursday yeah. come to mind about google business profile and local seo so that you can promote Ooh. your services locally <laughs> Oh, amazing. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Such synergy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here today. I love chatting with you and everybody go follow Whitney on Instagram and have a great week. Thank you. Thank you so much, Courtney. I had so much fun. Are you tired of DIYing your website and brand? But maybe you're afraid to let someone who doesn't quite understand what you do, do it for you? Well, as someone who has experience in both the health and design industries, I'm uniquely qualified to help weight-inclusive private practices and businesses create beautiful brands and websites that showcase their talents and vision while staying true to their values. You can reach out today to chat about my services or you can check out my free resources on my website. And you can also get the link in my show notes. And don't forget, you can always come hang out with me on Instagram where I share tips and tricks and of course, a few cat photos and memes as well. Thanks for tuning in to the dietitian turned designer podcast. As your host i'm passionate about providing valuable insights and actionable tips to help entrepreneurs designers and help professionals build weight inclusive businesses that prioritize authenticity compassion and inclusivity we've had some amazing conversations with industry experts about topics from weight inclusive design to web development marketing, and more. And we're not stopping there. We've got even more great content coming your way. So thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out, we hope you'll feel inspired to use your designs and marketing as tools for positive change in the world of health and wellness.